Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Be seated. It's now just about a week until Christmas. I'm sure you've been preparing, making travel plans, probably gift shopping, maybe baking. You might have already put up your tree. And maybe there is even a gift already under it, waiting to be opened in a week. And of course, there are two questions about that gift. What is it? And who is it from? To find out the first, what is it? Maybe you shake it. Maybe you try to guess by size and shape. But really, you have to unwrap it. To find out the second, who is it from? You look at the tag. But what if it doesn't have a tag? Then you have a problem. Then you have to try to figure it out. Investigate. Does the wrapping paper match other gifts that you unwrapped? Or who would give such a gift? Who thinks like that? Well, I submit to you today. That's exactly what the Pharisees were doing with John. When they sent some folks to find out what is it and who is it from. For John was a very popular gift. As we heard last week, people from Jerusalem and Judea and the whole region were going out to him. But what we heard today is that the Jewish leaders didn't know much about him. And so they sent some priests and Levites to unwrap him and look at his gift tag. Find out and bring back an answer. Now maybe you've never actually thought about John as a gift before. He's not very Christmassy after all. But he is very adventy. So hold on to that thought. I'll get to it in a moment. First, though, back to the men sent by the Pharisees. Who are you? They ask. It's like they're shaking the box. He's not the Christ. Is he Elijah? No, not Elijah either. The prophet? The prophet Moses promised would come after him and lead the people into the promised land? Nope, not him either. Well, who are you then? All wrapped up in your camel's hair coat with your leather belt and eating locusts and wild honey. Now, John had bona fides. He could have said, I am a priest. Because he was the son of the priest, Zechariah. So he was a descendant of Aaron, the brother of Moses. But though that's true, that's not really who he was. He was more than that. He had a special vocation. He was a special 
gift. So he says, I am the voice. The one the prophet Isaiah talked about. Preparing the way for the one coming after me. The one greater than me. So much greater, so much bigger, so much more that I am not even worthy to untie the strap of his sandal. So here's what's going on here. They unwrapped this gift without a tag. But it is one of those packages, and maybe you've gotten them before, that doesn't have a gift inside, but a clue so that you can find the gift. The real gift, the greater gift, the bigger gift that's coming next. That's the gift you want. Now, John, not the Baptist, but the apostle who wrote the gospel we heard this morning, tells us the answer to what the Pharisees were trying to figure out. Who he was and where he is from. So we know. We know who sent this gift and put it under the tree. But at that time, the Pharisees didn't. So first, let me just read those words again, and then I'll explain them. This is what John the Apostle said. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. So here's what that means, putting it into the context of our story. There was a man sent from God. So that's what the tag said, from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness, as a voice, the clue to bear witness about, to point to the light, the real gift. That all might believe through him, that all might receive that gift. He was not the light, he was not the gift, but came to bear witness about the light, that is, be the clue that points to it. So that the people then and people still today would receive that gift. Not the gift of just a prophet, that's the smaller gift, but of a savior, the greater gift. Now this is a good time to circle back to what I said before. You may never have thought about John as a gift before because he's not very Christmassy. In our world today, once November comes, it's the holiday season. And we tend to rush right to Christmas. Even Thanksgiving is now just kind of a speed bump on that superhighway. The focus is on the lights, the presents, the music, and and that's okay. I'm not going to stand up here today and tell you not to be a Scrooge or a Grinch. But the danger is that this gift from God gets shoved under the tree 
and to the back and against the wall and forgotten about or overlooked. So here in the church, John comes to get us to slow down a little, tap the brakes, to be the guy with the radar gun on that superhighway to Christmas, to be a gift we get to open before Christmas so that when the real gift, the big gift comes, we're ready. And again, we heard last week what John's voice said. John calls us, To repent. Because if the real gift that's coming is the gift of a Savior, the gift of the forgiveness of sins, the gift of the Spirit, the gift of life, life after death, then how we get ready for that gift is to repent. Because if you don't, if you don't know that you're a sinner who needs the gift of a Savior and forgiveness and life, Well, then unwrapping that present is kind of like unwrapping a gift and finding underwear instead of the video game that you wanted. You're disappointed. Or worse, you don't want it. And you toss it aside. You toss him aside. But if you know that a Savior is the gift you really need, then there is joy when you receive that gift. Joy when you look at that gift in the manger. Joy when you see that gift in the font like we did last Sunday. Joy when you see that gift on the altar every Sunday. Joy at what you hear from this chancel. And you know, this is the gift. The gift above all Now, we didn't hear John's preaching this morning like we did last week, calling us to repent. But he said he was the one spoken of by Isaiah, and we did hear from Isaiah what this one, this voice would speak, and to whom. So we'll let Isaiah do the preaching this morning. And these were the folks that the voice that John was sent to. John was sent to the poor or to those bent low under heavy burdens. And that's you. Bent low under heavy burdens of sin, guilt, anger, worry, fear for yourselves, for your families, for other loved ones. Burdens that sometimes seem crushing. John was sent to the brokenhearted. Or those shattered. To those with shattered hopes or dreams or lives. Things not working out as you planned or hoped. And you're left in pieces. John was sent to the captives, like when Israel was captive in Egypt or in Babylon. These are bonds from without, from others holding you down, holding you back, controlling you. 
John was sent to those who are bound with bonds from within. The bonds of sin, your sin, holding you down, holding you back, controlling you. Sins that you can't seem to shake. What is it for you, those those sins that you always seem to need to confess? Of greed? Of anger? Of sex? Of abuse? Of lies? Of covetousness? Of neglecting God and His Word? John was sent to those who mourn. And there are plenty of things to mourn in our world. The death of people, the death of civility, the death of relationships and marriages, and so much more. So much death caused by sin, our sin. And John was sent to those with a faint spirit or those disheartened, ready to give up, ready to give in, ready to lose hope that anything's going to change, that anything's going to get better. And who among us hasn't felt that way? So yes, to you, John comes again. To, as Isaiah says, bring good news. Proclaim liberty, the opening of the prison, the unchaining, the Lord's favor, comfort, gladness, and praise. That God is coming to save. That God is adventing to set things right again. Or as I tell my catechism classes, to fulfill the promise he made to Adam and Eve in the beginning. To make things right and good again. To fix what they and we broke and break. God made that promise. And the whole rest of the Bible, the whole rest of the Bible, is about how God kept that promise. That in a world filled with the poor, the brokenhearted, the captive, the bound, those who mourn, and those with a faint spirit. And Adam and Eve and all people since have been those things. That there be hope. Hope that now God is coming, adventing to save. So John may not be very Christmassy, but he is very Adventy. And we need Advent to be ready for Christmas. We need the little gift with the clue inside, with the voice inside, so that we receive the big gift. So that you look in the manger and see your Savior. So that you look on the cross and see your Savior. So that you look on the altar and see your Savior. And then on the last day when you rise, you see your Savior forever. Until that day, Paul says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. 
For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, he says. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now, if you take those words out of context, they just sound like a bunch of demands. You've already got enough stuff to do. But really, these are all things that come from receiving the gift. The main gift, the big gift of a Savior and His forgiveness and life. With that, with Him, comes to all those people Isaiah talked about. These things. Joy and prayer and thanks. The Spirit of God, not of the world. Truth and good, and not indulging, but abstaining from evil. Or in other words, a new life. And that's the real gift John wants you to have. And the gift Jesus has come to provide for you. So that when people ask you, who are you? You can confess. I am a child of God. Which may not sound like much compared to all that people today claim for themselves and claim to be in our world. But John would say, oh, it is. There is no greater gift you could receive than of a Savior. And to be his own, his own child. And then living that new life of joy and prayer and thanks and the spirit and truth and good. You then get to be like John. A voice. A little gift to others. Pointing them to the big gift. Pointing them to Jesus. Not because you have to but because that's who you are. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.